Welcome to Campus Life, the college half of our podcast here at Campus DeCanton. As always, I am Austin, but I think Colin, you know, he's always got a wedding to go to. I think that's where he is tonight. No Colin this week. Instead, I am joined by the Minister of Propaganda here at Campus DeCanton, Felix Sharp himself. Felix, how are you doing tonight? We fired up today, boy. That's not the I response to I thought I was going to get. Just, I had to, I had to move the microphone away a little bit because we are jacked up, Austin. We're jacked up. We are what in the last thirty minutes or so, we just signed a deal with Marcus Sharp of Sharp Sports, the Sharp Sports YouTube channel. I mean, there, he he literally has millions of views. On his videos, he has 220,000 YouTube subscribers, and he is going to be a Campus to Canton ambassador. Oh, my goodness. I'm on another plane right now, man. You guys I'm on another Felix. plane right now. I feel like we should have done this as a video pod because, yeah, Felix is just, you know, grinning from ear to ear. He's got a drink. I, I grunted earlier when we got it done because you and I had a meeting with him to kind of we had met with him last week, but you and I met with him again tonight just to like finalize terms and get everything together. We, oh, we both man. try to claim the title of the Nick Saban of Camps to Camp. I, I feel am. like this one brings it home for one of us. If, I don't know. If if you are Nick Saban, then I'm Bill Parcells because I recruited you first. I was like, Matt, we have to get Austin. He's like, who should we get? I said, Austin. There was no fourth. There's no other. I was like, it has to be Austin. Well, it's easy to say that now. Now that you have me. Yeah. Well, there, there was no fourth, of course. Of course. I'm sure you had a, a list, and I was the, the sixth person you asked. And uh, But uh, no. We, we, if, if anybody doesn't know Felix, one of the founders here at Campus to Canton, he is the main host of the Debbie Debate uh, Wednesday night, which I also sometimes make an appearance on if I'm feeling in the mood for that. Um, he writes, he he talks, he he doesn't sing or dance, I guess. I don't know. Do you sing or dance? You're asking this black person if I sing or dance? Is that what you just you asked me? <laughs> I, you know, you I don't want to sing, assume anything. Sing and dance you. for you, bro? I, listen, the only, don't the do it only here on the show, please. skills that I, that I bring to the table is I think my energy and my belief in getting something done. That's all. I don't have. I can't. I can't even. I can't even sign a document electronically. So, um, you know, my 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 frustrations with technology are well documented. But oh man, I'm just on another plan. I'm drinking some whiskey. I just feel really good. I just feel really good. Just feel really well, good, man. Well, I've got some hard hitting topics here tonight, so we'll see if you're still feeling good. If I can bring you down. Over the course of this show, I'm, I'm I, I don't know, I, that's, uh, but it, it could happen. Let's um let's jump right into this here, Felix. Uh, before we begin, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, the Injury Prone Podcast with Doctor Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, the Smoke Show, Triple Play Fantasy, the FFB Familia Podcast, the Preferred Lines Podcast and the Fantasy Points podcast itself. You can follow all of these on one place on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out their weekly Friday drops that recap the week 
in the Fantasy Points Media Group. All right, Felix, some news. We're still going to do the news tonight, and then we're just going to get the into The first uh, news is that we just signed a deal with Marcus Sharp of Sharp Sports. Damn it. And I never thought I'd say this. But when Did it's you want to react to that? What's your reaction to that, Austin? I didn't I'm get your reaction. Excited. I'm very excited. You know, I think. Oh, my God. Lukewarm anytime... cop, lukewarm excitement. Here's Austin being neutral. About you want me to take, like, take my shirt off and, like, you know, like, yes. you're crazy here? I want you to take it. You really don't want me to do that. COVID wasn't <laughs> kind to me. Quarantine wasn't kind to, kind to this, this I think it's, body. You, you and Colin's dynamic really makes this show. And so you having me here is like, it just, it just throws it, the whole thing off. Just holds you, whole you don't take the abuse that he does. It's a little, it's a little different. It's a little different, but I'm, I'm, I have to approach it different. So, you know, I, I'm here in a different, uh, you know, phase mentally. We, we have your shirts, the, uh, what your shirt, what's your catchphrase available at camp. To be honest, we have the, to be honest shirts that you can get at campus to under the merch section. We need to get a picture of Colin with a big old, the, uh, Red circle with the line through it, and Colin's face. I just think that would be funny. I uh, should he be I frowning in this picture too? Like big old, big old sad face. You guys yeah. usually go off the rails on this show too. I mean, we can talk. You guys oh, talk yeah. about it. Oh yeah, we we leave hours of stuff on the cutting room floor because it's just too. No, we don't actually. But um, we might tonight. Who's to say? Um, Adam Randall. Getting this show back on target yes. for at least a minute here. Freshman wide receiver yes. that we at Campus de Canton are very high on was a tier one wide receiver and a, the supplemental and freshman draft guide that we we currently have out uh, for consumption. Uh, torn ACL out for you know probably nine months here at least. What's that doing? Um, does this change your opinion at all on him, Felix, or is this now kind of just a you know wait and and we get him a year later? Well, I feel two ways about it. Well, first, I need to give a plug to Cut Tiger in the Discord. Or is it CU Tiger? I think it's CU Tiger in the Discord. It's probably Clemson He University. had this news. Yeah, he is. Oh, well, he's connected to the university, and he mentioned this in our NIL chat last week that Adam Randall had suffered an ACL injury, and the school was keeping it hushed until this week. And then lo and behold, we get the actual reports this week today that he may have suffered a torn ACL. So that's for one, let's give the plug for that. But it also leads me to think about your year one zero thing, Austin. This guy's not going to play this year. Physical specimen, I mean, came in at what, 6'2", 220 pounds, physical player on a depth start that quite frankly is lacking for big play wide receivers. And now he's not going to get his first year. It's good that he, that he had the injury. Now that means by next fall, he will be 100% recovered, but he is missing that first year. He is missing that first year of development. So I think just statistically, I mean, I'm not an analytics guy. It feels like you have to pump the brakes, even though I don't think you, Year one zero considers injury. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I know that you I exclude. Yeah, yeah. I, I exclude for injury. Yeah, yeah. So he he would it not just be considered. Still feels like we. Well, we we're not going to see him play as a first year, and he's going to get that. 
development. He's not going to get those reps. Why wouldn't Clemson recruit around him? Because, I mean, they still need wide receiver talent there uh, at Clemson. So it just it, – it puts his status a little bit in jeopardy as good as we think he can be. So has this – where did you have him – did you have him, like, ranked a specific spot, and does this drop him at all for you? Yeah. I had him at, like, 11, I think. I mean, he was my highest-rated freshman amongst wide receivers. I have to look at my rankings. Um but I had him very high. Am I going to move him down now? I mean, I wouldn't take him at 11. I got to take a look at my rankings, and I'll do that here uh, in a second. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it does you, – you have to consider the injury. I mean, these, this is a – freshmen are already a risky pop proposition. When you throw in injuries there, it makes it even a riskier proposition. If he was healthy, I'd be have him comfortable where I, I have him ranked. And now I got him – probably move him down a little bit i will tell you this though if somebody's gonna sell adam randall in the middle of the season because he's not playing i would be looking to buy maybe you can get him i mean this is a first round supplemental pick without question without the injury a first round supplemental pick if i can in the middle of the season you know trade something lesser than that value for adam randall then i'm absolutely doing it so he's gonna have a long buy window people are gonna forget about him you know, you're not going to hear anything about him. So maybe, I mean, this is the type of thing where I put in a calendar entry uh, in my phone for a few months from now to say, go go send offers for Adam Randall. And I think that that's what people should do. Well, conversely, if you have Adam Randall, say you're in like a, a freshman draft right now, an auction, and maybe you just went and spent a lot of money on him, like maybe one of the two of us just did uh, three days ago. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but it did. Um, what would you tell that person if you can get first round supplemental value for him? Do you move him? You just kind of, you know, recoup the value spent and move on. I mean, I, I think so. I mean, there are a lot of players that I would consider taking in the first round of of a supplemental draft. I mean, Devin Brown is one Cameron Ward. I mean, any of the quarterbacks. So Devin Brown, Quinn Ewers, um, maybe Ty Simpson, Drew Aller, definitely. I think all of those guys are first-round picks. If I can flip them for one of those guys, I'm definitely doing it. Then it gets questionable. The running backs, you know, definitely Nicholas Singleton. Are we talking about Jamarian Miller, Jadon Blue, those guys? Uh, I'm not as high on Blue as, as, as you are, Austin, but I still might consider flipping him for, for that value. Jamarian Miller, I, I am very high on. I might consider flipping him for that. Um, but – you know, you're, I think we're going to be able to kind of track the value of some of these players as they actually get to play in the season. So you'll be able to see what the value is and whether or not you want to trade. But, I mean, I think the answer to your question is, is yeah, like if I can get out for first round, I think you would take all those players that I just identified, right? All those players I just identified, you would probably take them over Randall at this point. I probably uh, maybe not Miller. I don't know. I'm not like I, I like Miller, but not as much as you do. I also wasn't as high on Randall as everybody else, so I, I didn't quite have him in first round territory. Um, obviously, like I'm not, you know, I, I didn't call an injury or anything, so this is not, you know, unrelated. Um, yeah, I mean, I, wide receiver wise, I mean, I, Luther Burden. I, I'm assuming you'd, you'd shift him for him. Are there any other wide receivers like Keon Grays has apparently looked really good at Ohio State. Uh, he's a guy that a lot of us were high on. Um, he's not 6'4", 230, though, so he's not really your type. I, I mean, I, in, 
any other wide receivers that would catch your eye or you, you know you'll take the other positions and be fine with it so i do have him at 11 right now at, before him is jojo earl and after him is mario williams followed by jacob cowing jacory brooks luther burden at 15 uh and then there's i mean that's kind of like a tier because it's zay flowers marvin mims kion gray's out after that um you might be able to if you were trading right now, you might be able to get Mario Williams plus for Adam Randall. I mean, people have freshman fever and they mm-hmm. want this. I mean, he's been called baby Julio in camp. Um, so there, I mean, I don't know. There are a lot of strategic ways that you can go with it. I think if the price was right, I would probably make the move. Okay. I'll see what I can do. I'll, uh, I'll I mean, I'm back. looking like Evan Stewart. Like, what would you have to add to Evan Stewart to get a lot? But I'm not very on Evan Stewart. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, I guess. I guess you lead that pitch with Baby Julio and not with the the knee injury. Um, that, yep. that would that would be my guess. Uh, speaking of ACL injuries, Alton McCaskill, the rising second year running back at Houston, uh, apparently has torn his. Um, you know, last year, just to give some context, uh, just short of a thousand yards running, uh, 16 rushing touchdowns. And then for a true freshman, 21 receptions as well. I mean, yeah. the, the touchdowns and the receptions give him a really nice floor and, you know, but obviously a ceiling as well. Probably going to miss this year. He's at a small school. Or is it time to get out from Alton Caskill? Um, no, because. In C2, this is the campus. This is a C2C podcast. He has plenty of CFF value left, but I think that he also had a potential NFL ceiling. I mean, he's six foot, like 210 pounds. He's got so the he's, size, yeah. Yeah, he's got the height to be 227 pounds. He's a, he takes a lot of contact as a runner. You're a very physical runner is not great at, you know, the micro movements and getting under uh, potential tacklers and, and that sort of thing. It, so no, the the he still, I still like him. As a matter of fact, I was going to take him in this draft that I, where I haven't taken running backs. I've taken all these wide receivers. I was going to take Alton McCaskill, and then that injury happened. Um, but it, you know, he uh, well-rounded player, NFL size. He's going to come back next year and probably be, probably be fine and be the man in that backfield. But again, with like with college football, the landscape can change so drastically so quickly. I mean, that's a good team with Clayton Toon and Nathaniel Dell, and we all like Matthew Golden. I mean, what are they going to look like next year? I mean, is it going to be even if if Alt McCaskill returns, is it going to still be the same? You know, have the same strength on offense? Now you think so. Um, but you just you just never know. So I don't know. I don't know. What do you, what are your thoughts on uh, on whether or not he's a buy or what? What are you doing with? Him? It's fun because Alfred had posted something last week. Another one of the the, the founders of Campus to Camp. For anyone that's not familiar with him, he posted a thing on Twitter about how he was a little lower on some of the G five running backs going early, just because they it, it they really have to thread the needle to kind of get recognized by the NFL. At least you know get the draft capital and, and all those kinds of things. And he had listed McCaskill. I, I, I objected to it and I said, you know, I think this kid, he's got the size. He's a very fluid athlete. He can catch the ball. Like I, I think he has the things the NFL is going to like. 
and then this injury happened. I think that makes that needle even more difficult to thread. Um, you, you really, those guys have to crush it for like three or four years. Like they can't afford to miss a year uh, and, and still be held in the same esteem. So I, I like him, but I do, I, I think I'm going to have to drop him. I haven't gone in and looked exactly at it yet. Of course we, we updated our rankings like three days ago. So I mean, Aaron, yeah. Aaron Jones had, was the best rusher in the country for at least two years straight, could catch the ball vertically, and went, what, in the fifth round? Fifth round, yeah. Fifth, a fifth round draft pick, so uh, out of uh, UTEP. So, I mean, the injury, yes, an injury like this to a G5 player sucks, really, really sucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully see him rebound. It's not clear who the guy is going to be there yet, so we can't give you guys that information, but – it was announced today that the USC running back uh, Brandon Campbell will be transferring. There was a true freshman last year. Um, so does he pick up some of that slack? We shall see, but, but there's another name to toss into the mix there. Last one here. Finally, some good news or at least non injury. Corey Rucker, Arkansas state wide receiver uh, entered the portal a month or so ago is headed to South Carolina. Officially going to go play for the Gamecocks pair up with Spencer Rattler um, and, and some of the other guys they brought over there this offseason. Um, good for Corey Rucker, bad for Corey Rucker, good for Spencer Rattler, maybe? It's definitely good for, for Spencer Rattler, and I thought that South Carolina was a potential destination for a guy Hall. It probably still is if a guy Hall decides to transfer after the spring. Uh, Spencer Rattler, very much a gunslinger, Corey Rucker, very much a big physical possession wide receiver. So, you know, I mean, I don't, I think Corey Rucker can, Rucker can still get open, but if he's covered, I think Spencer Rattler will still throw it up to him. I mean, you got Austin Stogner, who, who's there, his boy is big tight end. So we just don't know what that offense is going to look like with Spencer Rattler at the helm. And that's why, you know, we're having these lukewarm response. I mean, Corey Rucker came from, uh, Arkansas State, where he is easily, you know, a wide receiver one in CFF. And even, you know, it, it, in, in C2C, he has adequate value. What value does he have now at South Carolina? Nobody. I mean, we can't really guess that because we haven't seen the offense. We haven't seen what Shane Beamer is going to do with a quarterback like Spencer Rattler with weapons like um, uh, Stogner and Rucker. So, I mean, it's anyone's guess, but he should be the wide receiver one there, right? I mean, you so would think, whatever that's worth, yeah. Yeah, you would think – I think the, the couple of questions there are going to be, you know, do they pass the ball enough to have someone sustain, um, you know, a, a high you – know, get a, you know, a lot of targets and obviously then convert those. Um, and then question two is going to be, does, is the offense concentrated enough? They almost might have too many mediocre weapons there. Sorry, Chris Moxley, um, between Corey Rucker, between Josh Van, who was the leading receiver last year, between Jaheim Bell, kind of the tight end H-back kind of guy that everyone seems to to really, really like right now. Stogner, they have, you know, running back, they lose Kevin Harrison to Quandry Wright. They still have, you still have Marshawn Lloyd. You still have, uh, what was his name, uh, McDougald or, or uh, Juju McSomething. A dynamic running back there. I mean, it's they've got just weapons everywhere. So I am cautiously optimistic, but I think this could just be, you know, everyone, five, five guys catch 40 passes, but like nobody catches 70. 
We'll see. I mean, we just we can't really make a prediction just yet. So, well, you know what, we can make predictions about Felix. What can we make predictions? What was the line that you were going to open the show with? That you? How are you tonight? You said you hate when podcasts open with that. (laughs) You didn't. You just skipped. You skipped right through it. It's the. (laughs) It is the worst opening line for a podcast ever, and. The re like if you listen to Dan Lebetard, if you listen to Colin Cowherd, what they do on their shows is they give the information for the guest, they welcome them, and then they start the conversation with a substantive question. Go go listen to Colin Cowherd and see if he asks his guest how you doing tonight when he has you know Greg Jennings or Bruce Bowen on or whomever. I don't know why I said Bruce Bowen. I don't, but it's best basketball. Season. You're going back to like when he had a TV show, like 15 years ago. So, yes, but the professional way to do this is to introduce the guest, give all of their information and promo, and then ask them a substantive question. You don't hear Jimmy Fallon or Stephen Colbert just say, "How you doing tonight?" Like that's a weak ass opening question. I'm glad I finally Weak. was able to bring your attention to it. It was only 21 minutes Weak. late, but uh, Weak. at least at least you caught on. Um, I did say I was going to do that before the show. Um, Felix, what I've gone to and, and done tonight, since this was a little bit last minute, uh, calling a little bit under the weather here, I went and pulled some of your off-season, you know, the, Felix's greatest hits of the 2022 off-season thus far. I just want to get, you know, straight from the horse's mouth, your take. On some certain players, maybe some positional battles, uh, maybe you know, is, is is the next Peyton Manning dead? So let's start off though with Hunter Deckers, quarterback at Iowa State, going to be the guy taking over from Brock Purdy, who's been there for seemingly forever. You've been very high on Deckers since last year. I mean, you you were you know you were saying buy him, pick him up at the end of last year. What? What do you like about him, I guess, is the first thing I'll ask you. You know what I like about this show is I actually get to talk on this show. On Debbie Debate, I'm always passing the ball to you and Matt, and now we added Chris Moxley. It's four people that need the microphone. I You're Bruce never Bowen out here, baby. Talk. You're Bruce Bowen out here. Well, I'm more the ball. like, uh, what was the French? Uh, Tony Parker. I'm more like Tony Parker <laughs> for those Spurs teams. Um I always have to dish to you guys. I don't ever get to talk. Now I get to talk. Hunter Deck. Okay. Let's talk about checking boxes. A quarterback has to be a certain height and weight to be an NFL prospect. Well, Hunter Deckers is that certain height and weight. He's actually probably a little bit girthy. I saw him recently, and it looks like he actually lost weight. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was like pushing 230 or or something. Left-hander who has the record in the state of Iowa and in their uh, for uh, career passing yardage and touchdowns in high school. He's also a dual threat. He had like a 45-yard touchdown last year. And I wrote something at Campus to Canton about him being a uh, shot from deep, if you know that term from Debbie Debate. I forgot to say, in the biggest games that, that Iowa State la- had last year, one against Iowa, the other I can't remember what game that was, they took Brock Purdy out and inserted Hunter Deckers to give a spark to the offense. You don't – I'm a college football player. 
You don't do that unless that player has had substantial, substantial reps in practice, and you don't give reps to players who aren't going to contribute to the team. You can look this up. When I was at Grand Valley State University, the number one quarterback was Cullen Finnerty. God rest his soul. The number two quarterback was Jeff Doc. Cullen would get 97% of the reps. If there were 100 reps, he got 97 of them. And Jeff Doc, who was an upperclassman that everybody on the team respected, everybody on the team liked, you could tell he was going to be a coach, whatever it was, he would get three. So I'm telling you that when they put in Hunter Deckers, and I had this conversation with my friend, very good friend, Kyle Francis, formerly of Devry Watch, said, Kyle, they're putting him in in these huge, huge situations. That means that the coaches really, really like him. For an incum- Brock Purdy was a four-year starter at Iowa State, and they're taking him out for this kid from this freshman from Iowa. That means that they really like him. I really like him because he can throw, he can move, and he has adequate size. But I'm just putting the I'm just putting two and two together here. The coaches like him. He has adequate size. He can move. He can do all of these things. And then Matt Campbell is a good coach and has a good offense. I mean, like this isn't rocket science. So you you and Colin, Colin have him down at like quarterback seventy five or something like that. And so I don't need to be explaining myself here. You need to be explaining yourself. It's always very jarring to watch a left-handed quarterback when you don't remember that they're left-handed. You know that? I was watching that clip of him this past week. He had that little, you know, kind of uh, pressure came in and that scrimmage or whatever, and he, he dumped it off to the running back. And uh, I was like, what the He's throwing it with his wrong hand. Like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, he's left-handed. I, I forgot about that. Um, so that, that doesn't really answer your question at all, but it's just it's something that's stuck in my mind. You're talking about him being a no, explain to us so why you have him at quarterback 75. Um, I think I'm a little less um sold on him being a real big future NFL guy. I think the weapons around him in the receiving game are pretty poor. Uh, and I think if he's not going to score me a lot of college points. I'm not as high on him as an NFL guy, and we just watched those coach that same coaching staff do nothing for Brock Purdy's development over four years. Talk about a a four year guy that might have gotten worse as he was there, who didn't have NFL tools. Brock Purdy did not have NFL tools. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, so th- I think those are some of the reasons why I'm lower on him than you are. Now you know me, Austin. I hate saying I told you so. I hate, I'm like the most humble of guys. So if uh, Tyler, man, like if uh, Hunter Deckers, <laughs> if Hunter Deckers ends up being a thing, I will not be petty about it. Okay. I promise you. I will not. I'm counting on it. Be petty about it. All right. No, no all petty right. Felix. No petty Felix. Okay, well, we should say, we should say, I forgot what it was, but Colin in the discord actually made some bet with me about Hunter Decker's having either day three or being a top 50 pick or being a top 30 quarterback. He would do X, Y, and Z. I can't, I'll try to find it, but Colin is like taking a stance against Hunter Decker's who, who can run, who can throw, who can do all of these things. So, and just to add real quick here, two things that are making me a little hesitant 
like to to you know fully commit to him like being bad. One, your deep shots from quarterback over the past couple off seasons have been pretty uh, darn good. You had Zach Wilson a couple off seasons ago, and then Tyler Van Dyke last year. Um, and the other thing is that I I enjoy watching Colin do embarrassing stuff. So now I'm kind of like maybe I'm all in on on Hunter Decker so that Colin can do something super embarrassing. Whatever, whenever we figure out what it's supposed to be. I have this reputation to live up on, live up to, to like pull these no value players who end up becoming, you know, very high. I mean, Tyler Van Dyke is now a top 10 quarterback consensus. Didn't even take a snap last year uh, before, you know, before I made that call. So um, we'll see. We got to get those t-shirts with Colin's face and just an X. And even when he's not here, he's just taking out. It's, it's funny. It's funny to me because He's such a nice guy, and you treat him so poorly on this show. So, so poorly. In real life, too. I mean, it's, it doesn't just stop when the microphone turns off. Love you, Colin, because okay. um, I'm sure he will listen to this. Um, he's not Alfred. Um, Alabama oh, let's, do, let's wait. Let's okay, do an well, Alfred. Let's do an Alfred. Okay, if you're listening to this, in, in some shows, we do like almost a scavenger hunt for Alfred because he doesn't listen to any other content. So we've we've like included gifs or emojis to to tag Alfred with. If you're listening to this, what should the emoji be? Let me see what well, I'm I feel a little bad about it this week because he's at Disney with his kids. No, so like no. there's wouldn't listen zero anyway. chance that he listens. He would not listen anyway. Like there was so. a two percent chance if he wasn't at Disney, but now there's a zero percent. All right, I got to figure out an emoji to use. Let me see one of my most recently used emojis. Oh, they're How about too filthy for the internet? <laughs> How about okay? Um, does everyone have the unicorn emoji? 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 The unicorn with the star eyes? I I see a unicorn with the star eyes. Can you? Oh, it's like that, that thing that you. Yeah. So for anyone that has like an iPhone. It's like that. I'm, listen, at Sharp Review, I'm going to tweet it at Alfred JF. So if you don't know what the emoji is, you can look at my tweet and tweet it at Alfred JF. And that's what we're going to do. So if you're listening to this, because Alfred doesn't listen to the show, and he actually gets frustrated with these, which makes it even funnier. Mm-hmm. He, it makes it even funnier. He's like, this is a, not a good bit. No, this is an excellent bit. This is the best bit that we have running. So everyone tweet at Alfred the unicorn with the star eyes emoji, okay? And that's what I'm going to tweet at Alfred. And uh, you can, at Sharp Review on Twitter, that's where you can find it if you don't know what it is. All right, there we go. So there, the gauntlet has been laid down. Um, <clears throat> Jamaria Miller, Emmanuel Henderson, two freshman running backs. I believe we've talked about both of them on this show. Numerous times, Henderson, the number one running back in the composite. Miller, top ten, I believe. I don't, I don't know exactly where he ended up. Um, we're we are higher just overall. Miller here at Campus to Can, but I know Felix, you you I think the highest on Jamaria Miller. So when you tweeted today, you know, give me Jamaria Miller over Emmanuel Henderson. Um, let's do the next line. Explain yourself. Explain yourself. We haven't said that in a long time. Um, we don't even know if Emmanuel Henderson is a running back. He's very thin. He has a very thin frame, very light frame. Jamarion Miller, Miller is the perfect 5'10", 
200-pound size. He's extremely explosive. And he can catch the ball vertically downfield. Now, I actually wrote up both of these players for the freshman supplemental guide. I Sometimes I don't understand um, uh, 24-7's rankings. And here, you know, say what you want about Jamarian Miller. I just don't understand why Emmanuel Henderson was the number one running back in the class for 24-7. He ran a lot of I – wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it outside zone. It was a more like stretch plays where they just got him on the Wild outside. Yeah. Yes, because he was like, this is not a kid who can read holes and stuff, so let's get his speed on the outside. But it, when you look, it really can – he was either playing in the All-American game or that other high school All-American game, the equivalent. <laughs> one of he, them. One of them. And you saw it. I was like, this dude is really, really thin. And so I don't know if he's a running back. He doesn't run like a running back. He damn sure can't catch the ball like Jamarion Miller. He's not as explosive as Jamarion Miller. I just think he's the better. Like, it's just not even – we could be wrong on this. I mean, we were – let's be honest. As a team, we can be wrong on things. Mm-hmm. We were wrong on Caleb Williams being a fit for Lincoln Riley's offense last year. We could be wrong on Emmanuel Henderson. But I'm not drafting it that way. I damn sure am drafting Jamarion Miller 10 times out of 10 over Emmanuel Henderson. You know who doesn't like that pick? Kane. Kane Fassell, the Debbie Marketplace. Listen to the podcast. Kane, Anelli Ticks, and I can say I can say Anelli Ticks now. I, wouldn't, I couldn't say it before. Look at it was you. very hard. It's that one glass of whiskey. Yes. You can tell I'm very daddy tonight. <laughs> And Shane Hallam, great podcast, The Marketplace. I actually went on their podcast a couple of months ago and sang the wrong theme song to start. Um, the darkest but, day in campus to Kansas history. Felix doing but that. But Kane Fassell, very upset with our take about Emmanuel Henderson. So either either we're going to be right or he's going to be right. It's either one of those two things. Can't It can be no other things. It's going to be one one of those two things. Either he's right or we're right. We have one person here at Campus to Canton that is very high on Emmanuel Henderson. This is that big wide, rec- big wide receiver guy? Is oh, very, really? is big on Emmanuel Henderson. He is. He's big. He's high on him as a wide receiver. He likes him as a running back. He says so. Yeah, yeah. I don't see running back traits from him. Not he's a very he runs, long strider and a you know kind of glides. Yeah, he's not. Um, and yeah, I mean, granted, like. He has to weigh what at his height, like six two ish, to to be like you know, like two twenty, two twenty five. Is that what he has to get to to, you know, re- be reasonably big enough? So I mean, you're talking about the size of um, Rashad White. That's about how Rashad White is built. So I mean, yeah, but I mean, even Rashad White, Rashad White is going to be what a third round draft pick, something like that. Yeah. So. And bounced around, you know, and went to JUCO first. I mean, they're not comparable players, but I'm just saying, like, that's how that's how Rashad White is built. So, yeah, if I had to bet, I would say Henderson doesn't spend his four years at Alabama. Um, but maybe just a we just look, can we talk about Alabama's running back depth chart real quick? Because Go you've got uh, Jameer Gibbs, who's obviously number one. I, and I think uh, Jace McClellan would be healthy now, so he's probably number two. You got Roydell Williams there. Kamar Wheaton is gone. Has Kamar Wheaton committed to another school yet? 
I don't think the rumor is so strong that SMU, but there's a lot of other issues with him. I think, yeah. And then you have uh, Trey Sanders from the freshman that they bought in this year. How I think that Jamarion Miller is no worse than the third best running back. Well, I don't know what Trey Sanders do. Just I said Rodell Williams. Oh, you did? No, I missed that. I'm sorry. I did. I but um. Uh, I don't know. We don't know what I don't know that we know what Trey Sanders is because he has never been healthy. But if you take Trey Sanders out of the equation because he's kind of like a black box, Jamarian Miller is right there with Jason McClellan is at least being what we think to be the best running back on that depth chart. Am I exaggerating that or no? I'm interested to see what the battle ends up looking like between him and Roydell Williams. He's more versatile than Roydell, but the way they've kind yeah. of split that 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 job, you know, the backfield over the past few years, seems to be they kind of like a thumper if they can have one, and then you know yeah. what they consider to be a receiving back, and obviously like every back there can can they don't have a, a like a, a five nine one seventy five guy really. Like it's you know it's a it's a two hundred ten pound back, but yeah, they've they've kind of split those responsibilities. Well, then the thumper is Roydell Williams because it's not Gibbs. It's not Jace McClellan. So you must think that Roydell Williams has some actual value this year. I do, yeah, as kind of the Brian Robinson replacement. But I think they shift it where they don't want to give. Like Brian, the Brian Robinson role won't be as big this year, in my opinion. But Because we saw it in spring last year. You know, we, they, they Brian Robinson was out, and they were running Roydell Williams. We were like, what the hell? Yes. And that turned out to be, you know, uh, I think that, that that's what they want. So, um yeah, that's I, th- I think that's all completely fair. Where how, Jamari Miller is a first round uh, supplemental pick and a fifth round startup guy. Is that kind of the range for him? I mean, he's a probably a second round supplemental pick, and I just drafted him in the sixth round. I think in a in a draft. So, so I was around in a startup in a startup draft. I just drafted him in the sixth round, um, where my team is Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., Josh Downs, JoJo Earl. Devin Brown, Jamarion Miller. That's my draft so far. Love that Devin Brown pick. I had to add the at the end. Now, when you feel good about your draft, is that the sound? I don't know if I can make that sound. I don't know. No, Mm-mm. I can't whistle with the fingers in my mouth. Can oh, you do I can't that? Either. No. I did. We should YouTube this because you can learn anything from YouTube. I'm be completely honest. I have a lot of other things that I need to be doing with my time that don't involve watching a YouTube video on how to whistle. On whistling? Yeah. Oh, not me. Okay. Well, then there you go. You're I'm on just the doing deals. I'm just doing deals with big time YouTubers and learning how to whistle. That's all you need. That's all you need. I'm almost out of this whiskey, and I don't have any more. That's disappointing. Oh, I was gonna say I can I can filibuster if you need to go run over and fill up your glass again, but you're out. I love that you have let me talk like 90% of this show because I don't get to talk on Debbie Debate anymore. I used to. Do you remember when we started? Mm-hmm. You would never say anything. No. It was me and Matt arguing. <laughs> and you would come in and say, yeah, I disagree with all of that. that you guys. <laughs> it would just so nonchalantly be so condescending. <laughs> Our you know, you guys were just always wrong early. You guys picked up on it, though. There there were some shows where you didn't even talk until like 15 minutes. There, 15 there was minutes. one. We were actually filming it. 
Uh, it was like over Christmas break. I was at my in-laws and I, I hopped on the mic for the night. And at one point, like my mother-in-law poked her head up the stairs and she was like, are you like on now? And I was like, yeah, I just haven't talked yet, but I'm here. Like, just hanging out. And now you run their, our little fancy company. I know. Look at me go. Um, He's my boss. He's my boss. Don't you forget it. That's right. Oh, So... Yeah, transition. I was trying. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. No, it's just transition. Qu- Quinn Ewers. There's a transition. Quinn Ewers. Yeah. Everyone likes Quinn Ewers, right? It's just, you know. You don't, though, I mean, right? y'all do. You don't like Quinn it's Ewers. It's not that I don't like him. It's not that I don't like him. It's that the superlatives attached to his name, and I'm impressed with myself for having said that word with the amount of alcohol that I've drank. I don't. Like, I don't see the justification for it. So I think it's Greg. I think, no, it might be Gay Brooks. or I think it's Gay Brooks who wrote up his profile for 24-7. Calls him one of, like, the best improvisers that he's seen. I'm like, what are you? This person never had to improvise. This is somebody who was one of the best high, well, one of the most well-protected high school quarterbacks I've ever seen. He, he didn't have to improvise. When he was throwing, he was throwing to people who were wide open. I had no idea. If he can improvise. So I don't think he's a dual threat. Take that off the table. And all of everybody loves dual threat quarterbacks. I don't think that that's there. He hasn't played football really in since 2020 or 21. I mean, he was injured the 2020 season and then declared early. I mean, he missed a couple games. He was injured. I think he was injured and he actually came back that high school season. But he still hasn't played substantive football at least at least in a year because he didn't at Ohio State. Now he transfers. He goes back to the school that he original, originally committed at. But but you look at the what the reports coming out of camp. He's not clearly the number he's not clearly the starter ahead of Hudson Card. Hudson Card is still taking reps with the ones. And you don't give reps. I, I said the same thing with with um, Hunter Deckers and Brock Purdy. You don't give reps, number one reps, to somebody who you don't think is going to contribute in the season. So we're just back where we were last year, where the okay, the then the battles between Hudson Card and Casey Thompson. Now it's between Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers. He hasn't established himself as a starter. So in addition to, I don't see. I mean, I wish I could read Matt. I think Matt wrote him up for the guide. Sounds right. He took every guy that's like even thought about There's, Ohio State once in a dream. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he did. And I think he did. I think he deliberately didn't do that for the Debbie guide because I realized like CJ Stroud wasn't taken. So I took the CJ Stroud profile. Anyway, um, there are some statements made in the freshman and supplemental draft guide. And I actually, I was like, Matt, wait, like, show me the clips where you, where this sentence is supported. And you would send me something and I'm like, Okay, kind of. Like, I see he rolled over to the right here and he threw across his body. But I mean, but when you compare, when you compare his tape to Drew Aller, to Ty Simpson, to Devin Brown, I mean, you look at Devin Brown's tape, you talk about opposite hash arm strength. There's a play on Devin Brown's tape where he's like on the right hash and he throws like a 30 yard out to the opposite sideline. He was like, well, check. I mean, you don't really have, you don't need to know if he has a strong enough arm because he so actually. Is that the one that he's getting hit at the knees as he throws it? He I don't remember. I just remember him doing it. And I'm like, well, 
we don't have any more. There's no other questions about his arm talent, his arm It's strength. the best throw that any quarterback put on tape in this entire class. Thank you. I've been on record saying that. Like Devin Brown's my Thank quarterback you. one in the class. I'm not going to argue with you about Thank you. how good Devin Brown is. Drew Aller. I posted – I didn't tag his name, but there I posted clips of Drew Aller, him making anticipatory throws. Like you, when he throws the ball, this person is covered, and when they get to the ball, they're not covered. And him making like improvisational play. I actually sent three clips to Mark Schofield. I said, Mark, I, like this is ridiculous. These throws are ridiculous to me. Am I, do you agree? He's like, yeah, these are, this is legit. You should be excited about these throws. I don't, there's no, there's nothing. I don't show somebody tweet at me at sharp review. Show me the best Quinn Ewers throw that you can find. Tweet at me, tweet at me the most impressive throw that you can find from Quint Ewers, and I can match it or exceed it with a Drew Aller throw, with a Devin Brown throw. And then and then Ty Simpson is just runs all over the place and is the improviser. I mean, that's a dual-threat quarterback. So I'm just not buying it yet. So the, the only thing supporting uh, Quint Ewers' value to me is the potential to start in the Steve Sarkeesian offense and the fact that he – so he only played three seasons. It's his sophomore season at South Lake Carroll that vaulted him up into this lofty projected status. And then he was injured for some of his junior year and then didn't play his senior year. So the information that we are relying on to make him the this quarterback who's ranked number one came from 2019. So that's, that's my case, Counselor, against... Uh, Against Quinn Ewers, I think we have different, um, um, you know, kind of thoughts on what improv uh, improvisation is. Because I think there's there's the Ty Simpson brand of improvisation that is like Ty Simpson has some Johnny Manziel in him. He does. Like I've, I've we've yeah. said that for months. You know, he kind of like a little, you know, not a tiny guy, but a littler guy. You know, he kind of runs all over the place. He keeps his eyes downfield, and after twenty seconds of of running around he he heaves a bomb for for yours for me you know he's um it, it's more about uh, rushers here he can kind of just do this little sidearm action and flip it out like he's almost like i don't want to say like so much smarter but he's just like so much more aware of what he can do that to him it's just like he doesn't have he doesn't necessarily need to run around all the time because he's just like i don't need to run around that guy i'm just gonna you know sidearm this shit like patrick mahomes does it all the time i'm not going to compare somebody necessarily to Patrick Mahomes. It's probably not fair, but like Patrick Mahomes will have a guy, two guys breathing down his neck. And you're like, how the heck did he just, he's thrown, he's thrown with his left hand like multiple times. Mm -hmm. Like that's mm -hmm. the kind of stuff that I feel like that Quinn Ewers is more about and not the, the, uh, the, the Johnny Manziel, Johnny football brand of improvisation. You want to know the but, secret? And I'm going to tell you the secret. I'm not going to tell anybody else. I 99% believe everything that I'm saying about Quinn Ewers, but there's the 1% of me that knows that it's good content to have, to be the contrarian on Quinn Ewers. There's the 1% of me that knows to go against the grain of you and Matt and Colin and everybody at Campus Ken. It makes for good content. You can't, just can't have group think there. Well, what's the but I have 100% if you're wrong. Oh, there's no risk for me. And I mean, what's the reward if you're right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm the guy who faded the guy, you know? So, I mean, but I, I mean, it's true though. 
when I look at them side by side, Drew Aller, Drew Aller is my number one quarterback in the class. And I think that Devin Brown has the strongest arm in the class, but I do like some of those improvisational traits. I mean, it, I just have to give it to, I have to give it to Drew Aller. And I just don't see the same things that I see on th- those two guys tapes that I, I don't see that on Quinn Ewers tape. Well, from one God to another, a uh, player that you famously once comped to Peyton Manning on an early episode of Debbie Debate, a Wisconsin Come on, quarterback. Man, you guys got to stop. You guys got to stop. No, no, no. This, this is good content. For... You, it's it's evergreen. It's content for forever. It's not content in the moment. <laughs> oh, a Graham Mertz question in 2022. So here, I'm not. I did not bring this question on to make fun of you per se. Although I felt like the you jab can. had to be made. Is is he dead? Like, do we do we just not care about him anymore? I actually don't think I have him ranked right now. Or if I do, it's like crazy, crazy low. That offense doesn't do him any favors. I mean, he hasn't improved at all. You've you've been an ardent supporter. Is is he dead? We 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 you know putting the dirt on him. I don't think not? I said you'd call me an ardent supporter. I don't think I said Graham Mertz's name in all of 2021. Dude, you compare well, to Peyton Manning. It doesn't matter what the hell happened after that. You're an ardent supporter. <laughs> Don't don't give me that. <laughs> Graham Mertz's mom has never said, "My baby is the next Peyton Manning." But Felix Sharp has. All right, so let's clarify one thing, Austin Mays. Please, the thing that I compared Graham Mertz to with regard to Peyton Manning was. Peyton Manning could go through a progression five receivers in like a second and a half. And you see the same thing with Graham Mertz, but nobody is open. I've been advocating for DeMond DeMoss to transfer to Wisconsin. I think that he's a good football player, but he does. First of all, Wisconsin cannot develop. When's the last time? I mean, is the, the quarter who they don't the get credit for Russell who, who backed up they don't no, get they credit don't for Russell Russell first off every no, people try to it say was that, Jim Sorgi it was Jim Sorgi who backed up oh, Peyton, Peyton Manning, Manning for a long there time. we go yeah Peyton Manning connection yes anyway he doesn't have the supporting cast around him in the at the at the skill positions to like develop like you need like we saw Josh Allen's development accelerate when they added Gabriel Davis and um, Stephon Diggs, Stephon Diggs probably more responsible, and Emmanuel Anderson for for Anderson. that develop. Like M- M- Emmanuel, yeah, Sanders. I don't pay attention to the NFL since my Detroit Lions. My Detroit Lions have been bad. The last time the Detroit Lions won a playoff game was in 1992. You know how old I was in 1992? You know how old I was. <laughs> Oh, man. I need to bring back the sharp review because it allowed me to get some of this talking out of my system. And it was fun to do. But I'm I'm too um, on edge for you, Austin. You you wouldn't let me release it on the Campus to Can feed. I I say too many stuff, folks. It's edgy stuff. I say too many controversial things. And you and we would have this whole fight in the founders chat. 
about who's posting what and whether or not it's a good reflection on the company and all this nonsense. Anyway, we what have, were we, we talking have shareholders about? to worry about? We have shareholders to worry about. Uh, we, I mean, someday, maybe. We're, we're, is this a Graham Mertz question? <laughs> this is a Graham Mertz, Mertz question. This is how important Graham Mertz is at this point. <laughs> this is what this turned into. Graham Mertz, uh, I forgot where I was going with all that. But uh, the Lions are bad. You don't watch the NFL anymore, I believe, is where we left it off. That doesn't tell me how I was connecting it to. Green I Mertz. don't know. All I, all I will say is, is that I think that he is a good player because he can make all the NFL throws. He doesn't. Oh, he doesn't have NFL players to throw them to, or potential NFL players to throw them to. I don't know if that matters. But I kept looking for at Wisconsin's recruiting class, thinking, all right, one of these days we're going to get an actual wide receiver there to to help him out. But you look at their wide receiver class and it's filled with offensive tackles and offensive guards, play, positions that they don't need. That offensive line is already a strength. It always is. They need a difference maker. When's the last time Wisconsin had a difference maker? I'm trying to think of a Lee Evans. Lee Evans, the last was, I can't believe I pulled that out of my, at the top of my head. Lee Evans is probably the last difference maker at wide receiver for Wisconsin. If was if Graham Mertz was at if instead of instead of Dylan ugh, instead of Dylan Gabriel, if it was Graham Mertz at Oklahoma, I mean would you would you like him would you like him would you how would you feel about him? That's a fair question. You know what I mean? I mean, he's just in the – I thought that he would be able to develop in a system that where the defense had to concentrate on the run and he would be a play-action quarterback that could hit shots over the top. And they don't have an they, – they don't have – like Jack Dunn is being your number one wide receiver. Is That means your wide receiver core is terrible. Seems like the wide receivers are smart enough to know not to go there, but, but Mertz for whatever reason – was not uh, cautionary tale for sure. That's why the Caleb Williams thing there made no sense whatsoever, despite people's like hardcore insistence that they have a new offensive coordinator. And he, it's like this makes no sense on zero levels, folks. Zero. I levels. have breaking. I have breaking news. Oh, Alfred JF has liked my tweet at him. The unicorn with the star eyes. It's a big like my tweet at him. Okay. So you have to, you gotta, don't retweet this. Go individually tweet at him, the unicorn with the star eyes, because he's going to get frustrated and say, this bit isn't even funny. And it's 100% funny because he doesn't listen to any of the content. It's 100% funny. And he's not going to know where it came from because he doesn't listen to anything. So someday, someday. Um, we'll move off grammar. So you probably gave him more, more time than he deserved there. But I felt like since I had you on the show, I had to just see if you still had any hopes for him. Um, that was unfair. That was unfair. That was a 2021 take. At least. That was a 2020 take. As a matter of fact, that wasn't even a 2021 take. That was a 2020 take. When we started this show, we started debate debate in 2020. Like, yeah. It was like uh, late October, early November. I'm pretty sure. November. Right, yeah. Because it was right when the Big Ten season was kicking off, yeah. That's right. That was our first episode. Yep. Yeah, you said, hey, Austin, who do you think? What do you th who's a player you like? And I just went Chris Ottman Bell. You All know, right. Oh, that's explain? the other thing about that segment. 
Yes. That was the first. So the the first segment on the first Debbie Debate show was one name, one claim. And so we weren't going to make introductions. And so I said, Austin, make your one name and one claim. And he was like, Chris Altman Bell is good. And I was like, well, do you have it? Can you elaborate on that, please? I didn't and know then you're supposed to talk. Yes, you're supposed to you're supposed to fill time. What do you think I'm doing here? What do you think I keep talking? Then we had a segment called takes that you are listen, I come up with the eyes these ideas in the middle of the week and I expect the guys to help fill the shit in. The name of the segment was takes you are afraid to say out loud. And that's where the whole Graham Mertz Peyton Manning thing came from. Transition. Okay, then. <laughs> I did not know what I was doing the first couple of shows. Um, thankfully, we we blossomed into something from there. Um, speaking of blossoming, Andrew Paul. Wow, that was good. That was good. I'll write that down. I'll take some notes there, Felix. Um, Andrew Paul, late riser here in this 2022 freshman class. You wrote a little... Uh, you know, a little piece on him. You spoke to his one of his high school coaches. Is that two high school coaches? You... I spoke to both of his high school okay. coaches. He had one coach at Keller and the other at um, Texas, or excuse me, Dallas Parish Episcopal High School, which is the same high school that won Preston Stone, who's battling for the starting job at SMU, uh, where he went to school. Um Andrew Paul was a sophomore at Keller, you know, was doing okay. As a matter of fact, he got injured in a game against South Lake Carroll. Quentin Ewers and South Lake Carroll was, I think he was out the rest of the season. His coach believed that he would have, you know, gone on to put up a great season that season and been more highly recruited at Keller. Didn't finish the season, goes to, uh, Parish Episcopal the following season, his junior year, but then didn't start that year. He was he split time with a kid. I can't remember the kid's name, but ended up going to Dartmouth. So a smart kid going to Dartmouth, played football at Dartmouth or just playing football at Dartmouth. And then his senior year puts up over 2,600 yards rushing in the Texas Association of, I can't remember, it's, it's parochial and I can't remember what the other P stands for in TAPS, the TAPS division. It's the same division that Deion Sanders and uh, Shadour Sanders played in there in Texas, that same conference or division. Um, Anyway, put up 2,600 yards, and that goes to the state championship. But, I mean, stats uh, stats aside, the kid is – Six foot, 220 pounds, and has a 20.5 mile per hour um, speed time verified by uh, is a big wide receiver guy or solving football? One of the two, yeah. They, they both do that work. I, I don't know. Which yes, one. they both do that work for us. So we're talking, okay. I don't think running, I don't think the running back position is that hard to um, evaluate. You want big athletes at that position when you are. Six foot, 220 pounds going in as a freshman. You have ideal size at the position. Regardless of the size, he's already almost at that 21 mile per hour, like really fast threshold. On top of that, he went to RBU, Georgia, 
after not having a, the only offer that he had is is in July of 2021 was the only po- the only Power Five offer that he had in July of 2021 was Colorado. Had he committed in July of 2021, this dude would have been going to like Houston Baptist or Sam Houston State, but he did. He did put up that senior season, which got everybody's attention. He was a late riser. As far, I mean, then at the end of the season, he had offers from Michigan, Clemson, Notre Dame. I mean, name the Power Five school. He had offers from them. 24 7 did not move him up. And having had talks with some staff there, they believe that he just kind of beat up on lesser competition in his senior year. Whatever. It doesn't really matter to me because he's six foot, 220 pounds, and is projected to run a sub four five. Like, what else do you need? And he goes to Georgia. How many boxes do you need to check before being interested in a freshman? Like, like what else? Tell me what else, other nuance you need in analysis before you're interested in a player as a freshman. Would you have rather seen him go to a yes Washington? No, he doesn't not really Washington. have a depth. I would have. No, I would have not Washington because they're absolutely here. I know you think that Kalen DeBoer is going to go turn that program around. You loved Ronnie and, Rivers last year. Yeah, but they have nothing at at Ron. Wait, first of all, it's not just Ronnie. It's not just Ronnie Rivers. It's the whole Fresno State team with Jake Hanner, my boy, Jalen Cropper, your boy. Like I like that whole Jalen. I mean, Jake Hanner is one of my favorite players in college football. He's now you're going to turn you. that offense over to Sam Heward and your two uh, Romeo Dunze and and Jalen McMillan, who I cannot like. How many years in a row are you and Colin going to tout those guys with them with them doing absolutely nothing? Just you wait, just you wait. Do you want to do a bet on this? Do you want to do a bet on Roma Dunze? No. Yeah. What? I mean, what depends? Who's who? Is. Which one are you higher on? Is it McMillan or Dunze? So I have McMillan ranked a little bit higher, but like I'm lower than consensus on him. So I'm going to end up with more Adunze than I have McMillan. Does that answer so the Mc- question? McMillan is, you think is going to be their wide receiver one? I had them within 15 spots of each other. Okay. Probably. How about I mean, this? Would you, this, this enough. year, would you take a uh, McMillan or Cropper as far as raw statistics? It's a good question. Um, or receptions. We can do receptions, yards, receptions whatever. Receptions would be interesting. So I actually just wrote up Jalen Cropper for our upcoming Debbie guide. I came away a lot less impressed with him and his his CFF production last year was basically buoyed by some serious touchdown luck. Um so that's actually interesting. I think one of those two can top him in receptions this year. Cropper. One of those two. I mean, as you're yes. getting two, Do I have you to said McMillan? We're picking McMillan here. McMillan you said was your boy. So let's okay, do I'll take McMillan I'll take versus, McMillan to finish with more and receptions. I'll take Cropper. Uh, I'll take Cropper to finish with more receptions. Who's going to be a junior playing with a much better quarterback in Jake Hanner? Who should have? He's going to be a senior. He was fourth, fourth year. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just his. Okay, I thought that twenty. Okay, I thought that twenty twenty was his. He's eligible. He was eligible this year. It's hard to do math with without looking at. When a player started, okay, whatever. He's that offense wasn't still. relevant his freshman year either. In fairness, it's not like you know everyone was watching Jalen. Jake Hayner wasn't starting then. What do you think about my take about Jake Hayner being 
whenever he declares like that draft class is Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott. I don't. That's think a take that I have. I don't think he'll start a meaningful stretch of games in the NFL in his career. I mean, he has to have things break break right for him for that. He to does. Be. All for with all of those players I just named, things had to break right for them. Did they though? Russell Wilson was a day one starter. They had Matt Flynn, but that was it. Russell Wilson was a day one starter. Tony Romo was injured for Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott. Drew Brees was injured for Tom Brady. Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. Drew Bledsoe. Drew Brady. What Drew Brady? What did I say? Brees. Drew Brees. I had to. I Drew was like Bledsoe. Oh, it's a long time ago, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think Heward's any less talented than Hayner. I know we're like completely different discussion. The question was going to be Andrew Jordan James. So like, this is where we are now. <laughs> no, we get to venture into these spaces and step all over the show sheet when when I'm on, Mister Nice. Did I have a question for you? I forgot. Jake Hayner's a good college quarterback, but he's ancient, man. Like we just signed a deal. With Sharp Sports, I'm very, very excited. I feel like you just like – you wake up and you're like, oh, my God. Like, you talk a little bit more and then it's like – Because there came a point where we like, all right, this is probably going to happen. And then it seemed like maybe it won't happen. And then it happened. And then this is very exciting. That what was the question? Get your – come on. get your, Control your guest, Austin. What do you got? What's your question? My question was going to be, we have Andrew Paul and Jordan James, two of your favorite backs yeah. in this class. Yeah. James going to Oregon now, um, uh, ended up leaving. He was supposed to go to Georgia. And then they replaced him with Andrew Paul. So it's kind of fun how those dominoes uh, work. If you had to let pick me just one. Say, let me just say that you are the Christopher Columbus of Andrew Paul. But when I came across him, I was – very, you know, excited about him. I came across him in January. You were there in December. It's hard to be first on these. November sixth. I have the receipts. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, um, the question is: Is Jordan? It's well, I wouldn't say it's easily Andrew Paul because I think Jordan James has a more like I don't after Byron Caldwell in in. Oregon, like I don't know if there's anybody to be afraid of. I really like Jordan James' frame and play style in the the spectrum that he exists on. Um, I think that he is the same kind of player as uh, Mayan Williams and Ramondre Stevenson, kind of these these thick legged bowling ball frame guys who defenders just kind of fall off of. And, that's, and then Jordan James can also catch the ball. I mean, there are. Um, spots on his highlight tape where he's lining up in the slot and he's catching like a hitch and go from the slot and scoring a touchdown. He doesn't have a lot of high school receptions, but he has he has natural hands. And he was, I mean, these two are can are should be ever ever connected because Jordan James was originally committed to Georgia. Georgia gets into the Andrew Paul sweepstakes late in the game. Let's get the time. He the, he was. He was he was, he was signaling he was signaling he was not going to go there before they pursued Andrew Paul. Let's just make sure that that timeline is correct. Wasn't he committed? He was committed and then decommitted from Georgia. He was committed, but there were rumblings way earlier that he was leaving because, like, there were it was rumored he was going to go to uh, Notre Dame, which was the other Andrew Paul location. So yeah. they like it, there were a lot of like where do these two end up because they're kind of being 
Listen, listen, Austin. Cool. Never, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just never, saying. just never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Um, it's Andrew Paul because I, his ceiling is just rid, like ridiculously high. His his ceiling is ridiculously high. Now he's got a freshman there that he's got to compete with in Branson Robinson. In addition to you know McIntosh and um, Kendall Milton. <laughs> Kendall Milton, which I almost laughed when I said that Kendall Milton. Supposedly, Kendall Milton is going to get 250 touches this year. The Georgia fans will come find you. His dad will come, come find me. His dad come is on Twitter me. like a crazy guy. Kendall Milton, listen, yes. come find me. I'm at Devi Dietz. That's D E T T S. You look just right? like the picture, so they'll believe that. I have a bow tie on, blue suit. What is it with people and not liking your bow tie? People think it's like a, like, I, I guess I'm a dweeb because I like I don't is that the word like, I I don't know <laughs> do, we, do people even use that word anymore do they do when they talk to me I don't know <laughs> remember when you got into it with all the New York Giants fans oh man oh, we can't go back there we can't go back there I've already upset oh, an entire man. state I love controversy I love I just love controversy I think that it's good for us it gets your gets your blood running. It's good. My it's feelings, good to be yeah, at the good for the site. So you know. I think my most controversial. What was your? What's your most? Co- con- your most like tweeted at uh, post on Twitter? It's a thousand percent that. That the New York Giants thing? Yes. Well, it was something about Daniel Jones being bad, right? I said. I said Dave Gettleman is a horrible GM. I was like. <laughs> I was like. Regardless of what you think of like Kadarius Tony going into it, literally like the only, there were two GMs that wanted him. One was Urban Meyer and the other was Dave Gettleman. I was like, why would that instill any confidence in you? Giants fans were on my ass for weeks. And then guess what? Two months later, they were all like, let's get this dude out of here. So, you know. Well, okay. Do, do you, what, what do you think about Kadarius Tony now? For a few weeks, he was a buy. And now he's like, not again. Cause I think people have kind of like, now, now he's like the trendy buy. Um, but mm-hmm. I figure like it, it dabble offense, you know, like he was the you know, mid second or whatever at 2022, this class sucks. Like, sure. Why not? I'll, they're not going to be any better of a dart throw on the board. Uh, now I'm not. So Would sure. you rather have the 201 or Kadarius Tony? So the 201 you're talking about, like, I don't know. I feel like Kenneth Walker might be there. I feel Would George like, Pickens uh, be there? Yeah, I'd might. rather have George Pickens. So if that's like I'd what we can kind George of pencil in as a two-one, I'd rather have the two-one. Yeah, yeah. it agree. felt better when it was like the two-four, two-five that Tony was going for. Yeah. So, but are you are you buying My, him? Kadarius Tony? Yeah. Um, this is the thing. I like that type of player who's like herky jerky, juking all that stuff. But I need them to break out like way earlier and do it way earlier and be more productive than he was at Florida. That's what JoJo Earl is. I mean, JoJo Earl is the same kind, like is is on the Dante Hall spectrum. I've recently comped um, JoJo Earl to to Dante Hall, and that's what that's what Kadarius Tony is. Someone who can run after the catch and get the ball in his hands, and he can make defenders look silly. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm buying him. <laughs> All right, filibuster for me. Okay. Um, I uh, uh, regarding Andrew Paul and Jordan James. I know Felix wants Jordan James. Um, I think I want Jordan. Well, I want Jordan James as well. 
and for a lot of the reasons Felix you just said, Oregon, shallow backfield. I I Paul, the Paul hype got away from me. I don't know how this happened. I, I was very early to the Paul train. I was like, I think this kid's gonna end up being like a top 15 running back for me, roughly. And then people were like, Oh, he's top five. I was like, okay. Um I, I do have the one in there. Um, I, I cannot do top 15. So um, that, that's where everybody lost me. I, I, he goes pretty early in drafts from what I've seen. I, I'm doing an auction right now that he's going for a nice nice chunk of change. So um, uh, Andrew Paul, as much as I like him, probably don't end up with a lot of him. Okay. But, I gave you 15 seconds and you misquote me. So I did not say I'd rather have – Jordan James. I would rat like Andrew Paul's ceiling is so much higher. I would rather have Andrew Paul. Like in a, at equal value, I would rather have Andrew Paul. Now, I don't know exactly where you're going to have to. So I don't know how far ahead like Campus to Canton is in front of like the other, you know, the Debbie community. Like if the Debbie community is also high on on Andrew Paul, I don't have a sense for that because if you look at 24-7 rankings, I mean, Andrew Paul is the 85th rated running back. Jordan James is like in the top 15 or 20 or so. Um, so I don't know that you would ha- necessarily have to take Andrew Paul ahead of Jordan James or draft Andrew Paul really highly, but definitely like in a vacuum, if they had equal value, I would rather have Andrew Paul. I mean, you can't, I, I mean, you think that Andrew Paul's ceiling is higher also. I mean, all things else, all things being equal, right? I have them in the same tier. Like I have Andrew Paul as a tier three guy. That's the hype just totally got away from me. I like I blinked and it was just gone. But the, the that's p- putting aside the hype. You can compare two players and, and say like, which one better projects to the NFL. And I think that you would agree that it is the six foot, 220 pound player who's entering with that size and speed as a freshman than the, you know, slower, maybe more versatile guy who's going to Oregon. Where do you think I have him ranked right now amongst freshmen? Between Paul and amongst freshmen? Mm-hmm. I So I don't think that you like the – you know, I don't think that you – you and I differ on the type of running backs that we gravitate towards. I don't think that you gravitate towards the Jordan James type. So I think that you have Andrew Paul at like mm-hmm. – 10 and Jordan James at like 16 or something like that. I have Jordan James at 11 and Andrew Paul at 12. Hmm. Okay. We should have been asking you this question then. You've got them closer together. I do. I thought you'd be closer together too, actually. So we learned something tonight. That's what we're here for. To learn? Yeah. You know what people need to learn is one that we just signed a deal with Marcus Sharp of Sharp Sports, and two, tweet at Alfred JF a picture of the unicorn emoji with the star eyes. That's what you need to learn. Thank you for that plug again, Felix. Can I ask your thoughts on three final players, quick hitters, and we'll get you out of here? I don't. I've got more time. I mean, is there other things that you want to talk about? You don't have to quick hit me i kind of just want to be done talking to you it's been it's been an hour and 15 that's rude that is just rude this is how you treat a guest on your show colin's not here i had to get at least some of it out um braylon allen thoughts on braylon allen yes 
So you, this is another point where you and I differ because you think that the hype is all ridiculous on Braylon Allen. This is what Braylon Allen has. He has opportunity over the next two seasons without question. He has NFL size and frame. And the only thing – he is an NFL-level athlete. He may not have the speed and burst that you'd like to see, but he is – an. I mean, strength-wise, he is an NFL athlete. He might not have breakaway speed, but he has enough speed for a player who's that big and strong. You're talking about a player who's going to – I mean, Noah Hills just did a um, hero RB show on Braylon Allen and comped him to Beanie Wells. Because he can't catch the ball. Well, one, we don't know if Braylon Allen's going to be able to develop the ability to catch the ball over the next two seasons. Even if he doesn't, Beanie Wells would have been a good player for the Arizona Cardinals if he had not been plagued with injuries. And in campus to Canton leagues, we are like, even in the first round, it is a dart throw. What better dart throw can you have than the big, fast running back from Wisconsin? Who's going to get all this opportunity over the next two years? I don't remember what the question was, but yeah, I like it. It was open ended. So, okay. Braylon Allen. More AJ Dillon or, or. Even if it is AJ Dillon, like you, like AJ Dillon was a second round draft pick. Like that's a good comp to me. And AJ, like people are saying that AJ Dillon has more value than Aaron Jones this year. Tank Bigsby. What do you think of Tank Bixby? Who, by the way, is my comp for Jamarian Miller? Really? Yeah. Do you want me to tell you why before you talk about Tank Bixby? Yeah. Jamarian Miller is the first. Like there, there are a few players that I can remember watching in my time that they. Not, I haven't been doing this for forever. Their guy, Tank Bixby, is like this too. They can find their way to space. And they are absolutely clueless as to what to do when they get there a lot of the time. And by space, I mean like it's a screen where you have space to operate, but it's not just an open field. They have no clue what to do. Should they be physical? Should they juke a guy, you know, spin? Do I I try to run through them, around them, stiff? Like what, what am I doing? I don't think those guys know what to do in the open field, which is why I've always been a little lower on Tank Bigsby and why I like Jamari Miller. He's the very top guy in my tier three, RB8. That's interesting. I, I do know, I know what you mean. Um, well, I get the, the the reason why it threw me off is because I don't think of Tank Tank Bigsby as a versatile pass catcher, and I think of Miller as a versatile pass catcher. Like somebody, I mean, he had 73 uh high school receptions. I don't know how. But I, I've heard that Tank Bigsby had was like used way more in high school as a receiver than he has he been at all. And he had like 20 catches last year. I mean, it's not like amazing, but he wasn't yeah. like, he's not, he's not a zero. He's just not like, we're trying to compare him to Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson in his own class. And that's right. just like not, right. not a comparison. No. So I don't think that helps his case either. Do you still think that he's a day two NFL draft pick? Cause I think so. I think he can be, I think he can be um, another bad year. And I think he's in some trouble. Another bad year, I think he goes back. I mean, um, but Auburn is headed for a bad year. I mean, that's a sinking ship there. They're going to stink. Yeah. He should have – he was going to enter the transfer portal and didn't. He I would love to know should. how much money they offered him to stay. 
That has to be why he stayed, right? Like, not them. You know what I mean. Like, No, it's supposedly like Brian Harson like sold him on the direction of the program, blah, 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 blah. The funny thing is that Brian Harson had always been a one running back guy at Boise State and then used Jarquez Hunter more than he should have last year. So I think you've probably heard me say this before. I think Tank Bigsby was hurt last year, for the record. Like, I I think his value is dipped below what it should be, even though I've not been the biggest supporter of his. There's a very real chance that this turns out to be like J.K. Dobbins, where his second year was just garbage, and everyone was like, oh, J.K. Dobbins might suck. Then he came out his third year and was really, really good, and we find out two years later that he had, like, some significant injury that he was playing through. kind of feels like that for Tank Bigsby. That's my take. He has – all of the tools you want in a running back. I mean, he can make defender. He can make defenders miss in a multitude of ways. He can run you over. He can juke you out. I think the only thing we don't know that he can do is like be a threat in the passing game. But if he was in this class, he would be the RB two or three. I mean, he would he would be the RB two or three if he was in the twenty twenty two class. Yeah. What was the question about Tank Bigsby? Do I Thoughts. just just talk about Thoughts. it? Have you asked me any questions today, or if I just like just talked after you just said anything? I purposely put open ended topics on here because I knew how you are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to talk on Debbie debate. I'm I'm unleashing you for one night. And, and you know what else I like about campus life tonight is that usually, like you guys have, well. Early, well, I think during the season, you guys have like hour and a half shows, mm-hmm. and it helped. Like it, you, I listen to you guys, and it helps me get through my morning. Like I turn you on when I wake up, and it helps me get through the commute to do schools and stuff. And then lately, you've been pussyfooting around with these forty-five minute shows and, and whatnot. And I'm like, no, give me back the hour and a half show. It helps me get through my morning. Tweet at Alfred JF emoji. <laughs> With the uh, unicorn, with the star eyes. We just got to make sure that people know. Felix has this written on his hand. You guys can't see this, but he keeps holding his hand up. And he, Alfred JF, unicorn emoji, just reads it right off his palm. All right. Uh, Thomas Castellanos, and we'll get you out of here. Does that sound like a name we can wrap you up on? Man, that is a good question when this is not even a question. Thomas Castellanos is the best rushing quarterback in the class. He has not even thrown for 3,000 yards in high school, but a player that is absolutely dynamic, dynamic as far as escaping pressure, as far as you know, getting to open space, just a dynamic runner. It, it, quite frankly, if it doesn't work out for him at running back, he was actually recruited as like a defensive back or a wide receiver or something. He could play another position, but he's decided to play quarterback at UCF. I was listening to a show and I was steamed. I don't know if it was a campus to Canton show. I was livid because they were like, Gus Malzahn, he's had success with dual threat quarterbacks. It was Nick Marshall. And then who else was it? It was Cam Newton. Like I was yelling at my screen. It was Cam Newton that he had success with. Um, Thomas Castellanos just, I mean, t- like not great as a as a passer, but just dynamic as a runner. And supposedly he's impressed in camp uh, for for there for UCF, UCF. So 
not, you know, in C2C drafts, not a player that you need to, even in a 45 round startup, you know, you can take a, a shot on him in round 45, but just someone you need to keep ta- talking about shooting from deep. This is shooting from deep. Well, I can because, tell you right now he's going to go earlier than that because he's in our freshman guide. We get this to ourselves. Guy. Yes. Well, full disclosure, when I brought up Thomas Castiano's name in the quarterback conversation, when we were, did the rankings, the, we, so when we did the freshman guide, we went, we got on a call with everybody who did profiles and everybody who ranked about, you know, where we should place players as far as tiers. I brought up Thomas Castiano's name, Thomas Castiano's name. And I was laughed at. I was ridiculed. I was mocked by this gentleman right here. Hey, not just Austin. They laugh at me. Like, I right, are we really going to talk about Tom? Are we really going to talk about Thomas Castellanos? And we did. So he's somebody that I am absolutely pulling for. I'm absolutely pulling for because when you're shooting from that deep, they have to have an elite trait. And I think you would agree, Austin. He is. He has the potential to be an elite rusher. He's he's a Malzahn quarterback, like it, which means that he's not actually a quarterback. Yes, yes. I mean, it did Nick Marshall wasn't Nick Marshall a defensive back? Yeah, he converted he to DB converted by the end of his career. <laughs> and in like, so I was talking. Someone in our Discord asked me like a year ago. D'Antoni is like, hey, have you watched this Thomas Castellanos kid? And I was like, no, but like I'll go. So I went and watched him, and I was like. But this dude's pretty bad. And he goes, the only school, because he's probably he was like a local kid. He goes, the only school that wants him as a quarterback right now is UCF. I was like, of course. Of course. Gus Malzahn's the only person that viewed him that way. Got John that, this, is what, this is what I like about Campus to Canton. And you know what it is that we're doing is that we give people stories to track. I mean, last year it would have been Anthony Richardson. Like Anthony Richardson, even before he had played as a starter, got significant playing time as a starter, we told people that this is the best athlete at quarterback in the country. And you kind of see him manifest that in the limited time that he got. Like we're t- I'm telling you that this is a story that you need to track. Thomas Castellanos, the little engine that could, that nobody – I mean – What's better than that, that nobody wanted this kid at quarterback except for UCF? And what if he actually makes it? What if he actually makes it at quarterback? And just like I forgot who I was talking about earlier, if Thomas Castellanos makes it, Austin, I am not going to be petty about it. I will not dance and show my ass on Debbie Debate and do a segment called Petty Felix when he makes it, okay? And say, I told you so. That's not me. I'm a very humble, humble guy. I don't. I don't do that. I don't pat myself. I don't pat myself on the back. It's not me. Speaking it's of Patty my, Felix, it's not my it, style. is Matt paying up this week on the show? I know you guys were waiting for me to come back. Are you back? Are you back on the show? Should I announce it now? I guess it is the biggest announcement we've had here on the show tonight. Yes, nobody's listening to this. debate. I'll nobody's made it to an hour twenty-seven in the show. They're not doing. We're just doing this for you and I now, which is kind of how we started the debate. Pretty much. Week. Pretty much. So you're going to be back. I will be back. So so it has to be the bet payoff day. Matt Matt knew this day would come. I don't remember and okay, for we should tell the audience what we're talking about. Before he Set secretly had to hope that he lost this bet, right? Why? Like, what, 
There's no way he actually thought that this was going to happen. Okay, the 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 bet was that okay, me and me and Matt had a bet last year. We were talking about Kyle Pitts. And he and I was like, Kyle, I can't remember what the point was, but Matt essentially betted me that Kyle Pitts would have like 1300 yards receiving and like 15 and like touchdowns, touchdowns or something, yeah. Something yeah, ridiculous that he was like, well, whatever, even with the 17th game schedule, he's not going to reach that. And if he lost the bet, he would have to sing the Michigan fights on song so matt is gonna have to do that but austin i also had a bet with you regarding mario williams and him reaching like 425 yards receiving i think he got to like 378 or 39 like something very very close i can't remember what our bet actually was if i lost but i lost that one and so you know i gotta do my payoff on that one too yeah and eventually i'll lose one maybe maybe Well, we just had one, the yeah. Millen versus yeah. Cropper, right? Millen versus Cropper. That sounds like a law school case. McMillan versus Cropper, it sure does. <laughs> McMillan, what was that case be about? Okay. Uh, Mr. Sharp. So do you remember Pell's graph? Of course, everybody remembers Pell's Paul, graph. Is it Pell's graph? Like, uh, it's like the a tort case, rocket. Right? It's a tort case with somebody like accidentally setting off a firecracker on a train. Yeah, Yeah, yeah I remember Pell's yeah. graph. I can't remember the exact facts. Of it caused like some piece of the roof or something to fall on somebody to else. Fall and down they said, on like, somebody. You know, right. because if not for their action, like you know, this wouldn't have happened. Right. Yeah, yeah. I love that we're talking about this right now. Was that week one of torts? Week two of torts? It's pretty early. It was week one or two. Yeah. It was week one or two. Very early. I mean, Pell's graph is a very like is a famous case. If you just Google it, you can find the facts behind it. And that and the hairy hand. Those are the only two. The only two one zero classes hairy I remember. Hand. That's right. <laughs> only two. The hairy hand. Yes. Block all that out. The hairy hand case. Uh, all right. Well, I think we'll leave it on that. We'll leave it on the hairy hand. Um, we'll let people go look up what that is. Uh, it's not like weird. Well, it go is, subscribe to Sharp Sports on YouTube. Marcus Sharp, the newest ambassador for CampusToCanton.com. Go tweet at Alfred JF. Uh, unicorn. Emoji with the star eyes. And shit, while you, you're here, you go sign up like, for Campus to Canton. Why not? Is that good? Is that, is that the end of the show? Yeah, that's the end of the show. Who do you, how many people do you think made it to this far? Uh, I bet we we get a decent amount of people that ask for the for the show to be longer. So I do, which feels weird to me, but. No, I want it to be an hour. Like we're at an hour twenty nine, and you better not edit the stuff early. That's Austin is super conscious about his image and the racial stuff at the beginning of his show. You better not edit it out. And I'm, and I'm talking right now about singing and dancing. Uh, you better not edit that out. I would never. I, I didn't even think about doing that. Now you said it, though. I, mean, I think I'm gonna have to. Oh man. We did a good day's work. This is a, this was a like from from nine p.m. to right now. It's eleven thirty-one Eastern time. Just a great day for the company. Great day for the company. And by by great day, I mean I was on co- campus life, which I I mean that's you were like the fifth person I asked. So that's big. Um, oh man, you know, I'm glad I. Th- I'm glad that somebody wanted to be on. I thought it might just be me. But. You've done good shows by yourself. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I, the, the feedback the, for a long time, the most listened to episode ever was one that Colin wasn't here for. Um, but uh, but um, yeah, I don't, it's just hard to talk to yourself for an hour. It is know? hard. It's hard. Shout out to like I, to Brandon Lejeune that does it yes. on all his shows, and and yeah. you know, anybody else who does it, it's it's tough. It's hard. It is hard. Uh, spe- oh, shoot. I should have plugged this at the beginning. The Debbie Summit, May 22nd. Brandon Lejeune, myself, Matt Hicks. Everything that you need to know about Debbie, college fantasy, scouting. I didn't, you know, be there. It's going to be a six-hour event on a Sunday, May 22nd. From 12 Eastern to 6 Eastern. Because who gives a shit about specific, not specific, Pacific or Central Time? Eastern Standard Time. You you better end this show. I'm going to keep talking. 